hey, I got a great message that I believe God put on my heart specifically for the Caldwell campus, uh, maybe for me, uh, and it's, I've entitled it The Rock. Everyone say The Rock. Now, I know when you say The Rock, maybe you're thinking like Alcatraz, The Rock, or maybe Dwayne Johnson, The Rock. But we're going to go a little bit deeper than that. See, this is where my mind goes. It goes into like movie mode. I do all kinds of crazy things. But I want to talk about the rock and the rock and what Scripture talks about, which is the foundation, the rock found in Jesus Christ. But before I even open my mouth any further, can we pray? Can we just bow our heads? Father, thank you for the opportunity. Lord, would you allow me to step out of your way this morning? Not one person in this room came to hear my voice. They came to hear your truth this morning. Would you challenge us? Would you encourage us? And would it bring life-changing, life-altering things in our life, revelation in our life, that we would take the words, not just to listen, but we would put it into action. In Jesus' name, we give you the service, and everyone said, amen, amen. All right, I want to get right to it this morning. If you could turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24. I'm going to be reading out of the English Standard. Version. I really don't care what version you read out of as long as you're reading the Bible. You hear me this morning? If you don't have a Bible, I want to put one in your hand. And if you're more like the digital type, kind of like me, you don't want the, you know, the chisel and the stone. You, you, you want to get more into the electronic portion, download our app, a Christian Face Center app, either on the Android device. And if you got an Apple, I'm sorry, it didn't work out for them in the garden. I'm just saying. Anyway, before I lose it, here we go. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24, it says this. Jesus is speaking. Everyone, I want everybody to say everyone. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them, say does them, I'm going to get you engaged, will be like a wise man who builds his house on the rock. And the rain fell, the floods came, the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall. Because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone, everyone say everyone, everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, will be like the foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against the house and it fell. And great was the fall. See, what I love about this message, this is Jesus' last message from the Sermon on the Mount, and what he was speaking to the people, speaking to the church at the time, but these words in red resonate to us today. These words weren't just being spoken to them, but these words were to transcend generations and not just to float himself up, but to point people to him and to say through him, Jesus Christ and Christ alone, you can inherit heaven. You can come to the Father in heaven. And he was trying to communicate to the people at the time, but really it's speaking to us this morning. Jesus wasn't just speaking to hear himself. He never went to the disciples and said, man, did you hear my sermon? Man, I knocked that out of the park. Bam, people were saved. Yes. No. No. He was pointing out an illustration, which I love illustrations because I'm a pretty simple guy. I, I like pictures. And he was speaking in this picture form talking about two separate men building on different foundations and their attitudes behind it. And see, what I love about this scripture is it didn't just say, hear. You notice that. There was one that heard, oh, you heard all kinds of stuff. Build my house on a fountain, build my house on this. No, he said, I don't want you just to hear, but I want you to put it into action. Because just as you can have a foundation, you can, you can, you can say the name Jesus, but it could have no impact because there's no relationship. You're not actually moving out in action, your faith in action this morning. Are you with me this morning, church? He delivered this message for us to reflect and to speak and to do, not just hear. We hear all kinds of things. 
I hear people use Jesus' name on the highway all the time, and they don't got no relationship. So you guys got it. First service, they didn't get my joke. All right. But they don't have a relationship with him. It talks about the builders, the rock and the sand. If I asked you, go ahead and build that fancy brand new house, with car garage and your spa and your boat and all that stuff, go ahead and build that on sand, you would think I'm crazy. Like, well, I ain't building my house on sand. But how many times do we do that in our lives? Do we build our marriages on sand? And then it becomes quicksand. You feel like, I can't get out. Nothing's going to change. Your lives. See, he's not just talking about your house here this morning. See, but the thing about sand is crazy. I love sand. I love sand. When we go to the beach, we, you, you, you get to the beach, I'm not going to wear shoes. I'm taking my shoes off, my stinky socks. I'm putting my feet into the sand. And just hope I don't get cut with, like, glass and, like, crabs and all kinds of weird things that are out there. But I'm just praying, so, Lord, I'm just going to get my feet in the sand. So you get in your feet in the sand, but you notice that even just a little bit of pressure applied to the sand, it shifts. It moves. The wind, man, when that wind kicks up and that sand blows you in the face, oh, that's terrible. It's got it all everywhere in your hair. It takes you, like, months to wash all that stuff out. It's terrible. But then there it is. You got the boardwalk, right? It's clean for the most part. It's clean, but it's easier to walk on. It's a solid foundation. Now, the sand was more comfortable. Come on, somebody. The sand was comfortable to walk on. It felt good, but there's no stability. I'm going to trip. I'm going to fall. I'm going to trip on seaweed. But when I'm walking on firm foundation, it doesn't matter what kind of wind blows. It doesn't matter if there's a crazy biker that's trying to pass me. I'm, I'm not moving. You can, you can ding your little bell all you want. I'm in my lane. Just saying. We just traveled in Newport Beach. They got this thing when they ding their horns. Like you're supposed to move over. I'm like, man, this thing's like seven feet across, bro. You can come around me. I'm just saying. But there's stability. Even if you hit me. I'm not going to get sand anywhere. A firm foundation. But we need to do this in our lives, our marriages, our careers. He wasn't just talking about the house. He's talking about our lives. But then you say, Pastor, okay, I get it. I, I don't want to build my house on sand. I don't want to build my marriage on sand. I don't want to build my life. I don't want to build my career. I don't want to build my finances on sand. I feel like I'm in quicksand right now. I'm sinking. Help! I want a foundation. How do I do it? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because I'm going to give you some, 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 some substance, some tools to build your house, your life, your marriage on the rock. And can I say this? It's just like building a regular house. It takes time. You can't just slap up walls and hope, hope it works out. I hope I figured out the, you know, the load-bearing wall right. I hope, you know, if, if I build, check this, if, if, if I build a house, this is how terrible it would be. You'd go over thinking you got like a garage, uh, garbage disposal, and like the garage would open, right? You turn on the shower, and like the sprinklers would turn on. You do not want me building your house is what I'm saying. But there is a right and a wrong way to do it. You start with what? foundation you got to start with a foundation you can slip you know put up walls all day you want that's coming down it's coming down you can put wires everywhere oh this looks fancy someday i'm gonna hook my spa up to this fool you ain't got no foundation where are you gonna put it you got to start with the foundation first but there is a right and a wrong way to do it it's the most critical part of it i'd never been to a construction zone that you just see wires, like electricians are out there wiring things without a foundation, a wall. If you see that, 
Say something. That's crazy. I don't know, I don't know what they're doing. But you can't just stop with the foundation. The foundation's first, but you've got to start building walls. It takes time. You've got to have a roof. You've got no roof. It's going to rain. It's going to get stinky. Right? You've got no electricity. It's going to be dark in a little while. There's a process. There's a process in growing deep with God, and there's a process of laying that foundation before him. I'm going to talk about the three little pigs. You heard me right. We're talking about houses, man. My mind goes to the three little pigs and the big bad wolf. I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow your house down, right? But I want you to think of the enemy like the wolf. Coming around your house, coming around your marriage, coming around your life, coming around your finances, coming around your every part of it. I'm going to huff and I'm going to puff and I'm going to blow it down. You got the first little pig. Wee, wee, wee. First little pig. I'm already thinking about bacon. I'm getting hungry. They made their houses out of different material, right? The first one made it out of straw, surface level, remember that. The second one made it out of wood, sticks, a little bit better, still lame sauce. But the third one, you got it right. He made it with stone and brick, and he had a little fireplace. You remember the picture, he had a little fireplace, wolf came down, you know, made some wolf stew, I'm just saying. But the first pig, the straw was on the surface. You get me now? It's easy to find straw. I got straw all over where goats are. They get, it gets nasty in there, too. It gets stinky. It rots. We got two little goats, loud, very loud goats. So I can hear them, like, forever away. And they're just, like, nipping away at this, this, this haystack or the, this, this straw, right? And it doesn't take much for these little creatures to destroy it in, in, in due time. It doesn't take much for the wind or if I kick it or if I trip over it. It, 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 it doesn't take a whole lot of effort to get straw up. To build a straw house. I've done it in, the, in our back property. A little hut and did it for our bow and arrows. It's very easy to do. But the key is you can find it on the surface. You don't have to go very deep for that. No effort. And see, the first little pig, he probably got, see, there was a, a succession here. First little pig, second, third, right? So the first one, you know it didn't take no time. And this little pig, he probably said, you know what? That's good enough. My life is good enough. My finances are good enough. My marriage is good enough. My relationship with God is good enough. The straw was going to have to do. We know how what happened to that little pig. He ran, 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 ran. Wait, 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 wait. This guy, this pig says, I believe in God, but it stops at his words. He doesn't do anything. No effort, no prayer, no nothing. Straw is good enough, man. If a storm, if a storm comes, man, there's a storm coming. If you ain't gone through one, you're going to go through one. If you're not in one, you're probably walking out of one. If you're, not, if you're walking out of one, get ready for the next one. But when you got a foundation, come on, somebody. When you got a foundation, it doesn't matter what comes your way. And you don't got to be this little piggy going, ah, you're going to run it away and get to the next pig. I'm just saying. Piggy number two, bacon number two. He gets some wood, right? He, he just gathers some wood. He gathers some sticks together. He puts a little bit more effort into it, right? Man, I come, to, I come to church every now and then. Hmm. Uh, you know, I, I pray every now and then. I pray, I pray yay, when I need something. Puts a little bit of effort. It looks better. But this little pig is like, man, your house just blew down. I, I, know, I know mine doesn't look that good. And I know I put a little effort, but mine's better than his. Comparison game, man, that gets you every time. Thinking yours is better, your stuff don't stay. Come on. Comparison, like, well, okay, I just, I did a little bit more effort. 
So I'm not like squeeze my way through the door and get in there, right? Get my get into heaven. Like we got people like trying to squeeze themselves into heaven. That's not how that works. The door's wide open. It's for his free children to run through and say, Hallelujah, I'm here, I'm home. Ain't no squeezing in nothing. I believe, I'm going to pray sometimes. I'm going to do a little bit of work. But here's the thing, when he does a little bit of work, it gets hard. Oh, i got to put the sticks together. Mm-mm-mm. I'm done. This will have to do. Man, don't get yourself in that place where it's just going to have to do. And here's the thing, this little piggy, his prayers are based upon his own needs. I had, I had somebody once ask me and once say this statement to me, and that's just absolutely profound. If God answered every single one of your prayers, every one of them, Exactly how you wanted to answer, would it change anybody's life but your own? Whew, I tell you, when I heard that, man, I got to change the way I pray. Because I'd have all kinds of stuff. I'd have all kinds, yeah, man, I tell you what, I'd be hooked up. But what about my brothers and sisters that are actually in need? Man, my brothers and sisters that need help in their finances, need help in their life, need help to, to break habitual cycles because somebody else identified them. God never identified you that way. Addict, prison this, felon this, that's garbage. That's what the world says you are. God says you are his son and you are his daughter this morning, church. That's what you need to hear. I don't care what anybody else says. And then there's the third pig. He took some time, some effort. Man, you can't find these kind of stones. They don't just sit on the surface, you got to get deep. To get a foundation, they don't just put a slab of foundation on top of ground. you got to dig deep. You're not just going to, poof, here's a relationship with Christ. All of a sudden, I come to church, raise my hand. Man, I am just all-knowing. I just, oh, I have this wonderful relationship. I don't got to put any effort into this. This is amazing, man. No. You still got to work on it. You still got to get deeper. And get deeper. And guess what? Sometimes you got to get that shovel and you got to do some work. You want to dig a hole, don't dig the wrong kind of hole, I'm just saying. But, and if someone's throwing you a life vest and you're digging a hole, you know, with your spouse, you may want to try to grab that life vest. I'm just saying, that's a story for another day. Anyway, so foundation, you got to get deep. You got to get deep with God if you want to continue to, to move forward and with the things that He has for you in His life. The surface is not enough. He takes this pig, this person, whatever you want to fill in the blank, is obedient. And what obedience is, is not just hearing what God says to you. It's like, God, that's profound. That's amazing. But he wants you to do something with it. He said, man, I got this great word. Hey, babe, I got this great word for this guy. It's going to encourage him. And then you don't say it. It doesn't do anybody any bit of good. It doesn't change that person's life. It's not obedient. And I know you're like, oh, man, I don't want to be obedient because my friend's going to think I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. Man, I get up there and shundine and praying this fool up in Walmart, he's going to think I'm crazy. I'm just saying. But what if God says to do it? Maybe that person has been praying for a long time. God, would you just give me something? Would you just speak to me? I don't care if it's the crazy person at Walmart. I don't care if it's, I don't care. I just want to know that you are there, that you hear me, that you listen to me, and that you will respond. There's a whole generation waiting for Christians, people who follow Christ and who believe to take action and move it out and allow him to use us to pour in, to mentor, to lift up, to encourage other people. Even if they're not believers, it doesn't matter. 
I'm not going to go up to somebody like, oh, you don't know Christ? I ain't encouraging you, fool. You can figure it out. No. No. But we got people doing it all the time. Oh, you ain't Christian? Mm-mm. We can never say that it's deep enough. I don't care what your title is. I don't care how smart, how much scripture you know, how deep you've gotten with God. You can always get deeper with God. And you've got to. You've got, that's growth. Grace covers the of your life and the mistakes and all that stuff. But truth, that's where truth is found in the growth and the getting deeper with God. You're not going to find it on the surface level, I'm just saying. Let's get back to scripture. The man builds his house on the rock. See, he didn't just hear the word, but he acted in faith. There's a key distinction there. You can have a foundation, but if you don't listen, you don't actually put it into action, it's not going to make a difference. I see in James chapter 2, verse 18, the Bible says this. Now someone may argue. Huh? Some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you do not have good deeds? I will show you my faith. By my good deeds. No matter how many times I preach to people, no matter how many times I talk to my family, they're not going to come to Christ. They are not going to enter into a relationship because I came up with all kinds of fancy words. I memorized scripture. I've got it down. I got my theology down. Point. They could care less about any of that. They want to see my actions. They want to see my life. Is it making a difference in my life? Is it changing other people around me? Or is it only center focused on me? Is it always pointing to Jesus? Or is it always pointing on, well, look at me. Oh, I hit a home run today, baby. You see that? No. It needs to point to Jesus and Jesus alone. Not me. Not me. But we can have peace and comfort and hope and joy regardless of what comes your way. And people outside, they think we're crazy. Man, you got a storm. You're like that, that crazy weather channel guy on the ocean side when the hurricane's coming in. Oh, it's windy, you think? But they're out there anyway. It's like battering them. And, you know, I think they're kind of faking it, too. They're kind of like in this stance. Like there's like five-mile-an-hour winds, and they're, they're sitting in their coat and doing this. Man, come on, no play. The hurricane ain't even here yet. But we can have that kind of stability, that kind of hope, and that kind of perseverance that... Man, that storm is coming, but baby, I can endure this because I've got Jesus. I've got a foundation to stand on this morning. But you can't sacrifice quality for convenience. You can't say things like, I don't got time. Yeah. i seen you on your Xbox. i see you on your Netflix three, four hours. Sitting in your latte. That's for me. I don't got time. I can't wait. And we got this, this generation of, just do it, man, just do it. Like, we want it instantly, right? They don't come that way. I look through all through Scripture. Man, you're just not a microwave God, like, boop, 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 And it just comes. It doesn't work that way. He wants us to grow. He wants us to get deeper with Him this morning. He says, you are not going to avoid this. We want a quick fix so bad that we want to avoid the storm. Oh, if I, could just, if I could just find a way around this. I was like, uh-uh. He wants you to have the foundation so you can endure it. He just wants you to avoid it. You're not, if this is news for you, I, I'm sorry if I hurt your feelers right now. But storms are going to come. I'm sorry. Like, that's, I know that's not like the best news you want to hear. But storms are going to come. But you want to make sure, man, 
that you got that hurricane proof, baby. You got that, you, you got that foundation so solid that it doesn't matter the betrayal, doesn't matter the negativity, doesn't matter the naysayer, doesn't matter the anger, doesn't matter the d- distrust, all these things that come our way. That we can stand firm and say, man, this stinks right now. My life stinks. But I'm not moving anywhere because i got a solid foundation, and that's Jesus Christ. That's the place we got to be this morning. And I want to talk a couple, couple aspects of your foundation. The first one is reality. What do you Reality? No, reality of Christ. Why is this important? Because I, I look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, and the Bible clearly says this. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, what? Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name, cast out demons, and in your name we performed miracles in your name, Jesus. But I will reply, this is Jesus speaking, but I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. Not even just that. Like, get away from me, you who break God's law. Jesus, what he's saying here is Jesus hates religion. He hates phony relationships. That's what he's speaking of. I don't want no superficial, phony relationship. When you come in, I know this is going to be like that, but when you just come in and expect everything all at once, but the no... No progress outside of Sunday services. No progress outside of maybe that small group you're entering. Maybe it's time to start a small group this month. I don't know. But he hated, he hated the phony religion because it separated his children from him. That's why he was always challenged by the Pharisees. Oh, you got to heal on the Sabbath? How dare you? Jesus is like, what? This brother needs to be healed. That's the reality of Jesus. See, and I looked this up. I'm like, what does it really mean to know you? Because I'm a nerd and I wanted to look it up, so I did, and this is what I found. It's a level of intimacy exactly like marriage. He wants a relationship with you like that of a marriage. Intimate, knowing one another, connection, conversation. If I don't talk to my wife for three days, how how do you think that's going to work out for me? And then I'm going to come back and say, hey, babe, everything's all right now. Can I get that? What? No. Constant. Pouring into, building up, allowing him to do that. I I call this the crazy fan effect. You ever know that crazy fan about a celebrity? I was that guy. You you know who Kenny G is? Okay, okay, good. Better than first crowd. Okay. So I'm 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 a saxophone player. I've been playing saxophone since forever. I've been playing a long time. Really good at it. Amy, don't even look at me. I'm not going to be doing a worship. But so I, my dad would slip, slip him his phone number. You know, like we go to concerts and say, hey, like, yeah, come on, bro. They put it, put it in his pocket. Never heard back. But I was that crazy guy that I would like write him notes because, you know, you find your address or whatever. You had to look it up back in the day. There was no internet, you know, as far as Google and all that. Sorry, kids. So I wrote him letters and said, man, you're amazing. You know, I've I read about your story. and I know so much about you. Superficial, yes, but I know so much about you. And can I tell you this? If he ran across me in the street, he would have no idea who I was. So who's that crazy? Ah, that's another crazy fan. It is no different with Jesus. Now, he might not have said that's a crazy fan, but he might as well have. So I don't know you. You didn't take any time to know me. To know him is one thing, to be, but to be known by him that's a whole nother level and it's not going to happen just poof it's going to happen with a deep 
intimate relationship, being vulnerable, letting him peel the onion back. Yes, it may sting. Yes, you may cry. But it's necessary to go deeper with God. Jesus needs to be the reality in our lives, not just church. We can't just talk about him here. He can't just be reality here. We can't just have our, our Christian game face on. Man, I pray to I'm good. And your life's a wreck, man. Why don't you just be honest and let us pray for you? I'm just saying, right? But for whatever reason, we got this facade in here, and, and, and just in church in general, not here, but just church in general, that this is the place that we come and, and we just show everybody. We're, most of us here are Christians. We get that. But what about the people out there that don't have a relationship, that don't know that there's, there's hope out there outside of the pill, outside of the bottle, outside of the prison, outside of the mindset that they're in right now? They need people that believe to walk it out. I said, man, I, I don't just believe in the reality. Man, I'm living the reality of Jesus Christ. I want to share this about this guy, guy with the bumper sticker. So you just picture this in traffic. So you got this dude, right? He's in his little Volkswagen, whatever, long hair like me, whatever. He's got, he's got Jesus saves, Jesus loves you, John 3, 16, bumper stickers, you know what I'm saying? The, the Jesus fish, like the Jesus freak, you just figure that out, right? In the back of his car. And he's sitting behind this lady who's on the phone. They're at a stoplight. Turns green. Oh, yes, I did. You know, she's just talking away, ignoring. Turns red. Oh, he turned red too. And she's still talking. He's getting, he's getting angry. He's getting frustrated, and he started like cursing at her. Blah, 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 blah. Flips her off, and then he, and when the light turns green, he like darts around her and just ah, and just moves away. And then within an instant, a cop pulls her over or pulls him over. And he's like, "Oh, you gotta be kidding me! I just want to get to, Don, to, to, to McDonald's." But anyway, so he pulls him over, and the cop says, "Hey, you need to get out the car right now." I said, "What?" He said, "I didn't do anything wrong. The light was green. I did nothing wrong." He said, "Sir, get out the car." I'm going to tase you. Get out the car. So he gets out the car, runs his name, run, registration, the whole bit. goes on for a while. And, and the guy in the car finally settled down and asked the cop, man, why did you pull me over? Like, I, I, I tried to analyze the situation. There was nothing that I actually did wrong. I didn't break any. My, my taillight's not out. I didn't. Whatever. And this is the cop's response. He said, I was observing you. I looked at the back of your car. I saw Jesus saves, John 3, 16, the Jesus fist, Jesus loves you. And then I saw the way that you were responding and the way that you were acting. And I thought, there ain't no way that person owns that car. I thought you stole this car. I didn't think you owned this car. Come on, somebody. But how many times do our actions speak way louder than our words? He had Jesus all up in his car. I see no love of Christ nowhere in him. But are we doing the same? This is why I'll never have a Jesus fish in my car. Okay, because I am that guy on the highway that is absolutely crazy. I, I, I see the GPS that says 15 minutes. I think that's a record I need to beat. <laughs> right? But the reality of Jesus, if we're just going to be real, it, it's, it's shown in our actions, not our words. My dad doesn't know Jesus in a, in a, in a relational way. But what I say is not going to change that. My life was going to change that. I could preach to him all day long. I could give him, quote him scripture. I can encourage him. But he wants to see something different in somebody. He wants to see a change. This young adult, older crowd, over 40, I'm not even going to say 55, well, over 40, 
You got air in these things. You got a heartbeat. There's a young adult generation that wants to be mentored and wants to be poured into. They don't want to hear about your successes. They want to hear about the enduring times when you stood on that foundation that we're talking about this morning and that you made it. You made it so that we can make it this morning. So I want to encourage you, pour into the young adult generations. That's all I'll say about that. In Matthew chapter 7, verse 20, the Bible is clear and says, yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not their words. I, I love this. I, I just, everything I'm reading has nothing to do with what you were saying, but it's, it's exactly what you're doing with what you're doing. How are you putting that into practice this morning? You have to believe into a Savior, yes, but you've got to know him personally. It's not good just enough to call his name. It's not good enough just to quote scripture. Guess what? The devil knows all the scripture. He quotes it, but he ain't got no relationship with Jesus Christ. He's a fallen angel. But Jesus is coming out to us and saying, man, and God's saying, I sent my son for you. I didn't send myself. I sent my one and only sinless, spotless lamb. From heaven, first string quarterback in heaven, baby. I sent him for you. You got a purpose, you got a vision, you got a dream, you got a destiny. He's put it in your heart and in your brain for a reason. Now it's time to start to do something about it this morning. You with me this morning, church? And then there's stability. In other words, you got to rely on him. You got to lean into him for everything. Every decision you make, financial, relational, career, man, you lean into him on everything. And I promise you, I promise you. It will bring you overwhelming joy that you have never experienced before in your life. Man, I built a kingdom called Eric. It was a nice kingdom. It looked good. It was successful. It was everything that I was striving for in the world. The kingdom of Eric. I'm coming. I'm going to be there soon. But I had this choice to make. Do I want stability? Do I seek first the kingdom of God? Or do I seek first the kingdom of Eric? <laughs> oh, I did the everything for a while. It worked out for a bit. And then, poof, came crashing down. But when you seek first the kingdom of God, it changes every aspect of your life. You have stability that you never thought. I thought, man, there ain't no way I'm doing what you want, God. I'm going to be broke. I'm going to be po po. How am I going to do this? God's like, I'm gonna, boy, I need to check you. I need to humble you a bit, but you need to understand where stability actually is found. It's not found in your bank account. It's not even found in your your marriage. Stability is not found in your emotions. Oh, Lord, it ain't found in your emotions. Okay? It's found in Jesus and Jesus alone. If you got that, the other stuff will come into alignment, which we'll talk about in a little bit. In Psalms 18.2, it says, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, my savior, my rock. God is my rock who I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me. And the place for safety. Don't you want that? Like you can just stand behind it. You can lean into it. I don't care what kind of giant comes your way. I don't care what kind of giant or storm comes your way. You can endure it because you are behind the strong tower. You've got a firm foundation. And you've got your feet planted this morning. You could come to him with anything. Anything. I don't care how insignificant it seems or how large it is. God is bigger than your biggest problems, and God cares about the things that you don't think are much. Jesus is re- also referred to us, or to us as his, our cornerstone. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 20, it says, Together we are in this house 
built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, and the cornerstone is Christ himself. Again, I had to pull a nerd move, and I said, like, okay, what's this cornerstone all about? Like, visually, I could represent this, but what does this mean, maybe in our terms? So I looked it up. A cornerstone in masonry work is the most important stone of all. The most important, the first one that they lay. It sets into motion and stability and focus on the other stones. So after the first stone is laid, then everything else is in alignment with that cornerstone. So if you start building a house, you start building your life, your, your career, your marriage, your finances on other stones other than the cornerstone this morning, it ain't going to be in alignment. It's going to tip over like the Leaning Tower of Pisa. Eventually, it's going to make its way over. But you've got to have that cornerstone. You've got to have that rock, which is Jesus this morning. You can't get spiritual nourishment on Facebook. You can't get it on TV. You can't get it on radio. You've got to come into the church. It's not just a building. It's fellowship this morning. It's small groups. It's connecting so that we can build one another up. We can edify. We can encourage. We can help people in need this morning, church. That's why God wanted us to get together. Not to hear some, some, some preacher with skinny jeans and weird hair this morning. No, he wanted us to get together so that we would fellowship with one another and help when we are in need. We all got something. I got stuff. We all got stuff. Like I said, if you're, you, don't, you, you don't think your stuff stinks, it stinks. But we got to share one another's burdens. We got to help one another this morning. That's why we're here. That's why we're fellowship. That's why we're gathered today in his presence. Small groups. Be the salt and the light to call. Well, man, if you ain't in a group, get in a group. If you're already doing a group or if you're already in a group, start a group. Get connected. Oh, nobody knows this because you ain't getting connected. We see you. Hello, we see you. But we want you to connect this morning in a real way. To have stability in Jesus, it can't be in a religious experience. It can't be adopting your parents or your grandparents. All my parents and grandparents believe this. That generation is, is all kinds of done. They're, they're, it's gone. They're no longer, this generation is no longer believing in Christ simply because their parents said so and because their grandparents believe. They want a real, tangible relationship experience with Jesus Christ. Not religion. Our, our biggest fight isn't the enemy. Our biggest fight isn't um, atheism. Our biggest fight is religion. And the mindset that's cultivated within the church that we go through a set thing of emotions that we, we take communion like this big ritual and you know people have concepts of people running up and down the aisle with incense and, and water sprinkling everywhere. It's crazy what people think, but that is our biggest battle. And what do we do? We welcome them in. We love them to life. And they go, wow, this is not what I thought church was. That pastor's way too young. He's crazy. He's running around. His watch is telling him, great exercise, bro. It really is. It's actually saying great exercise. It's crazy. I need to work out more. But you got to have a real relationship. Not just your teacher, not just your parents. you got to talk to him about everything. He can't just be your cornerstone in your faith. He's got to be that in your life, in your marriage, in your relationships, in your thoughts. He's got to be the center focal point in your life. And you've got to be obedient. I don't know how else to say that. you got to be obedient. If he says something, just do it. I'd rather be a fool for God than a fool for the world, I'm just saying. And finally, your perspective changes. This last part of the foundation is your perspective. This is the life that lasts forever. This is the eternity. This is beyond the physical one. See, when you have this kind of perspective, everything changes. Man, this is not my home. I'm only here for a few years, and then I'm going to be up in heaven, baby, rocking and rolling with Jesus. Come on. 
But when you have that perspective in mind, it changes the way that you pour into financially, emotionally, uh, in, in your time. It, it changes every aspect of your life. It realigns your priorities in your life. What is the most important in your life? It needs to be God, your spouse, your kids, your family, and your church. And in that order, well, I got really quiet. You didn't like that. I'm sorry. That's scriptural. But he needs to come first in your life. Because eternity matters for so many people. That obedience, that uncomfortableness, that insecurity that we have to reach out, to encourage, to say something. I'm not saying you got to over there shake your Bible in the ice cream aisle and look at them with a stare. Say, oh, you know I'm coming, brother. No, I'm saying you just got to be real with somebody and have a conversation. And let them know, hey, I'm just as crazy as you. I'm just as crazy as you. But let me tell you about the foundation that I've got in my life. But your obedience does actually matter. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. Notice he didn't say everything you want. That 72-inch TV for baseball season that's coming up. You can pray for it. And don't try to justify it like, well, I'm doing a small group. Check this. Uh, right? Come on. We like to justify things sometimes. It's like, try to twist God's arm. Like, but what about this angle? We always like the angle, right? But God, this, this is going to serve you, Lord. 72-inch TV. He says, I will give you everything you need, not what you want. Doing this puts you and I and how we respond and what we say in perspective. Ensuring it is not our flesh. It takes our flesh. It takes ourself. The kingdom of Eric, the kingdom of whatever you want to call it, is out of the equation. It is now an eternity, kingdom mind, focused life that will actually bring change. Not how elegant my words are or how bad or good I speak or how great or bad worship is or how bad or good you think the experience in church is. Change your perspective in your relationship with Jesus Christ. You're not here for me. You're not here for the church. You're here because you desire and you want a relationship with Jesus and you want to grow. You want to be challenged, yes. You want to be encouraged, yes. But you want to grow. And you want to get deeper with God. Like when you give with kingdom builders, it's the same idea. People think you're crazy. They're, this generation will give to the craziest things. Like we like in the Christian world, oh, here we go, the tithing. We're talking about money. The world's talking about money. They're raising money for like cats and cat litter in the grocery store. What? I don't like cats. First off, sorry about Amy. I know you like cats. But I don't like cats. I got a picture of a cat on my, on my desk that I will not remove because it's... It's the only cat that I love. I'll just say it that because it's on, it's on a picture. And I hate cats, but this generation will give to anything with a cause. Let's give them a cause that actually eternity makes a difference somebody. And Kingdom Builders is that. People give to all kinds of crazy things. Man, save this. Save the, the, the blue toad from what? I'm like, what? Is that even a real thing? Like, I feel like this is like a shell game. Like, you just save money for your Xbox. I'm just saying. But... We need to give people an opportunity as a church, as a whole, to pour into, to actually make a difference in human lives because eternity matters. And at the very end, and I'm gonna, I'll close here in a second, Jesus and in the world, in the world we have multiple choices. We get choices to do this, choices to do that. But when your life is over, there's only two, two paths, two choices. There's only two. Very simple for us. And I want to close with this, with talking about foundation. So again, I, man, I love history. 
I'm a nerd, big time nerd. You ever watch the show Modern Marvels on the History Channel? You ever see that show? Okay, a couple older people raise their hand. I don't know how good I feel about myself about that. Um, but I love the show. I'm a history buff. I, I like to know I, just the engineering kind of stuff. So this, this is crazy. So the Golden Gate Bridge, you guys know what the Golden Gate Bridge is in San Francisco. Modern Marvel, built in the early 1900s. Absolutely stunning. So this bridge, suspended over the Pacific Ocean, over the bay, can actually sway 20 feet in one direction or another. I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm on that bridge and it's swaying 20 feet, you will hear me from Idaho screaming on that bridge. Uh-uh. I don't care what your foundation looks like. I'm screaming. But what I found out was the way that they built it. What holds all this weight? Thousands of cars on this bridge, man. Double-decker. This thing is crazy. Have you ever been on it? It costs a fortune to drive over it. So take your time. Slow down. But the, the towers that you see, the golden towers that you see, the Golden Gate Bridge, the what you visualize in your head they go down not to the surface of the ocean obviously they're not floating they don't even go to just the bottom of the, the bay they don't even just go down just a little bit into the ground they go deep and down thousands of feet into hard bedrock could you imagine that that's why they call it a martyr marvel how do they do that I have no idea I don't have the answer for you sorry but what I can tell you, I need to watch the next episode, obviously. But what I'm going to tell you is the reason it's stable, it still moves. You can be pushed aside one side or another, but you won't lose ground. You won't lose where you're at. But because they went deep into bed rock. When you take your life, when you take your finances, when you take your marriage, when you take every aspect of your life and you go deeper with God you embed into the rock of Jesus Christ, ain't nothing going to move you. Challenges will come, storms will come, but you're going to be solid. You might be screaming up on that bridge when it's swaying 20 feet. Oh, Lord, I, it's terrible. I hope I have a nightmare about that. But we need to, as a church, as a people, get deeper with God. The Sunday experience can't be enough. It's got to go beyond small groups. You've got to dig deeper with Him, get in His Word, Get around fellow believers. Get with people. Like we, I, and I want to close. I, I keep telling you I'm closing. I'm not. But Act 3, close. We keep, and I had this thought. We invite people to church. We tell them, I want you. Need, you ever done that? You need church. So I look, your life is a wreck. You need church, boy. But what I find it so interesting is when the conversation is flipped, hey, can you join me here? Oh, no, that's where sinners go. Oh, I can't. We want them so badly to come into church. And we do. We want them to come to church, but not for church, for relationship. We get that. But we want them to come into our home, but not, we're not willing to go into their home. See, when I see the model of Jesus Christ, he had to work against what the Pharisees were teaching, the condemnation, the law, the this, the that. But what did he do? He went to them. He went to their home to welcome them home. You see what I'm saying this morning, church? So you've been praying for people. You want people to come to church? You need to go into their home, into their lives. You need to know them intimately. If somebody says, hey, man, I don't feel like going to church, but I just got something on my chest I got I to gotta talk about, that the only place I'm comfortable is at the bar. You get yourself a soda pop, and you get up there, and you have a conversation with that guy. I'm telling you straight up, I would do the same thing. 
I ain't going to drink. He's going to see a difference in my life. I'm not going to bring condemnation, but I'm going to go to his house so that Jesus can welcome him into his house. You gave me this morning, church.